never know where life is going to take you. Some people know exactly where they want to be and go for it full throttle. Others just stumble upon it organically, and then there are those who just follow their intuition. This is a podcast about reaching your personal best through resilience, motivation, and passion. This is Mark My Words. So today on Mark My Words, I have a really interesting international story that started out in the U.S., in Louisiana, and at some point several years ago, my guest today, Jake Daugherty, decided that he was going to go over to Germany, and he has more or less stayed there ever since. He has built up a few businesses, and I've looked at some of the places he has been and hails from on social media. Absolutely gorgeous. I feel like I just saw a video that you did somewhere on Instagram or Facebook or somewhere where the background was just absolutely gorgeous. I'm like, I'm dropping everything and (laughs) I want to be where Jake is. And Jake is a tour guide at, and this is where my five years of German are going to hopefully come in at Garbage Parkin. Kirchen, and owner of all things Garmisch, and he gives private tours of Bavaria and southern Austria. He also has BavarianVacations.com. They have vacation packages and tours and Bavaria's beer festivals along with ski trips, Christmas market tours. That just sounds very German and amazing. And just learned five minutes ago, looking at his LinkedIn, that he's also a founder of a new interactive cooking experience, connecting chefs and friends from around the world. And this is Jake Daugherty. Great to have you on Mark My Words. How are you doing today? Well, Mark, thanks for having me today. It's a pleasure to be here. And I'm excited to chat with you and your listeners. And yeah, you're correct. I'm originally from South Louisiana, um, hail from a little town called Lafayette. I went to university in Atlanta, Georgia, a small liberal arts college called Oglethorpe. And then I went back home to Louisiana after studying European history. And I just, um, I couldn't find a job that really I wanted to do, let's say that. And I felt like I wanted to be somewhere else. And so I was really lucky when I was, it was 1998. My mother, she said, you know what? I have a friend who works for the American military and can help you get a job working with the American military in Germany for their military welfare and recreation program in a town called Garmisch Partenkirchen. And so I lapped it up, let's say. I hopped on a plane and I moved to Germany. That was 1998. I lived and worked in Garmisch Partenkirchen for a little over a year before starting to travel. And then I lived in Austria, Switzerland, Holland but I kept coming back to Garmisch. There was something about this town that just kind of captured my heart. And eventually I decided to call it home. Over 22 years I've been in Europe and most of that time has been spent here in Garmisch Partenkirchen. And now I'm married to a local girl and I have two small daughters, so I can't go too far, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Although I feel like you were recently just back in the States, weren't you? Correct. Well, um, We'll probably get into this a little bit more in detail later, but with COVID-19 a year ago, my two tour guide businesses took a tumble, as they say, and so I had to mothball both projects. And uh, it gave me an opportunity to do some soul searching and figure out what else I wanted to do with my life. And I wanted to help people learn how to cook. I wanted to bring healthy food back into the kitchen. And I was speaking with a dear friend of mine who oversees six restaurants, and he and I came up with this vision called Deary Dari. And now we have a third founder as well, Anthony Bandelin, and we have created an amazing platform 
where we sign up chefs from around the world. They show up, they give us their recipes, their time and their energy. And then we as consumers can book them on our platform, Deary Dari, and they teach us how to make their favorite food. And we couple it with ingredient delivery so that we as a customer have everything we need in our kitchen before we have this wonderful live interactive cooking experience using video conferencing with a live chef private one-on-one or it's bookable by households so it's a lot of fun if you want to bring other friends and other family around the world into a virtual kitchen so it makes for a really unique experience just recently my daughter and i we were talking with uh, one of our signature chefs joshua northcutt about how to make his chicken deconstructed pot pie he's like well Tell you what, we'll get Laura to send over the ingredients because I was in the United States and he taught my daughter how to make it. And we were in that virtual kitchen and we had so much fun. Wow. So have you always been a chef or had an interest in being in a kitchen or is this a fairly recent development? When I moved back from Atlanta to Lafayette, Louisiana, I worked in one of the premier restaurants in Lafayette, Louisiana. And I fell in love with the culinary world. In fact, when I moved over to Germany, my first job was cleaning hotel rooms, which I knew was not gonna be for me. And so I begged the boss of the hotel, I said, please put me in the dining room. And he eventually did. And I went from being a waiter to the manager of the dining room in less than six months. I ran the entire dining room, the bar, the kitchen, everything. And it was, it was a dream come true. And when I left that world, uh, with the American military, I continued to work as a bartender, a waiter, or even as a prep chef for many years, traveling Europe. That's how I paid my ticket to travel around. So yeah, I've always had a, a fondness for the hospitality world and the world of hospitality. And then when I opened my tour guide companies, one of the things that we pride ourselves on doing these private tours is finding the best restaurants for lunch or for dinner, depending on the tour. It's so much fun. Well, you know what made me fall in love with being in the kitchen? And you're probably going to laugh. HelloFresh. So we started getting HelloFresh meals because my wife and I's lives are just so busy. And having HelloFresh takes out going to the grocery store, buying all the ingredients and all that stuff. And it kind of put me in a position where I had to actually cook some of the meals and back a few years ago I'm like oh man I'm not a chef that's not what I do you know I I I can do it well when I want to but I don't like cook full-fledged dinners and you know whatever they have all these fancy names too like I just don't do that but I started doing it, following the recipes, and I'm like, wow, I'm actually pretty good at this. So while I'm never going to probably do what you're doing, I definitely, at the very least, found that, okay, this isn't as intimidating as I thought it was. This is something I can actually do. And hopefully that's one of the things that, you're trying to teach people as well. It's like the kitchen can be intimidating, but it's really not. It's something that I think most of us can do. Exactly. What we do is we bring a live chef into your kitchen using your computer, laptop, iPhone, or tablet. And that chef basically is there to laugh with you, have fun with you, and take the intimidation away from the cooking adventure. And we want people to come home. We want them to, instead of stop at the McDonald's and pick something up to bring home, let's cook something fresh. Similar to the platform of HelloFresh, we want to use nothing but the best ingredients. And we want them there in your home waiting for you with that live chef so that when you come home, you've got the ingredients. All you got to do is flip on to our platform, Dari Dari, where your live chef is waiting on your page on our platform. And you cook with that chef, whatever it is that's sitting in front of you. And Take your time, have as much fun as you want and relax. So yeah, we're trying to take the intimidation out of cooking. Yeah, that that is a really cool offering you have. And I wish I wouldn't have just learned that like 15 minutes ago. Because <laughs> I know so much about what you're doing 
with the tours and everything else, which we'll definitely get into. But that's that's really amazing. I'm looking forward to looking into that a little bit more. But let's, definitely. let's go into DeLorean. Let's go back to when you were <laughs> studying European history. I know you kind of touched on it a little bit where you got out of college. You're like, okay, what do I do now? And I'm guessing that you must have had a really intense interest in Europe and European history. Is that correct? Just growing up? Yeah. In fact, my mother, she took me to Europe when I was uh, 14 years old. That was the first time I ever came over across the pond, so to speak. And I immediately caught the bug at 14. When I got back home to South Louisiana, my mother, who always encouraged me to learn, she helped me transfer high schools from a Catholic school in South Louisiana called St. Thomas More, which was a great program, but to an even better program, which was called the Episcopal School of Acadiana. And when I got there, there was a teacher there called Dr. White. And that was one of the main reasons that I wanted to go to this school because he studied and taught uh, European history, Western civilization. Now, everybody said it was the best course. So in high school, I already knew I had the bug. So I went there and took four semesters of his, of his Western Civ program. And then I went to Oglethorpe because there was a great European history program there as well. Um, yeah, so I did have an intense love of European history. Now, with that in mind, I knew it wasn't ever going to pay the bills. So when I went to the guidance counselor at Oglethorpe and she said, what do you want to do with your life? I said, well, I really want to be a bartender. <laughs> Which wasn't a good answer, trust me. <laughs> so I don't know. I got, um, I was kind of lost, you know, and I felt so bad because I felt in a way I was letting my mother and my stepmother and my father um, kind of down. You know, I, they had all done quite well and they still are doing quite well for themselves. My mother went on to become a federal judge. My father, he um, was uh, a football coach in some of the best programs in the South. And then my stepmother, she ran her own business, you know, Limited Liability Corporation, which was very successful, which she then had a nice exit and sold. And they're pretty much retired early, so to speak. So when I came back from Oglethorpe with, you know, European history and theater background and wanting to work in waiting tables, I think that part of the reason was what kind of drove me to Europe is I felt like I was letting them down. I wasn't trying to do an LSAT program. I wasn't trying to go become a doctor. I just, I just liked history. (laughs) So you go over to Europe and what comes next? Do you know like what you had in mind or what you wanted to do from there? Well, I got really lucky, Mark. The, there was a program that my mother got me into. It was called, as I said, uh, it was Military Welfare and Recreation. Specifically, it was what's called a non-appropriated fund program called Armed Forces Recreation Centers Europe. And they hired me on to work at one of their hotels that they had in Garmisch Partenkirchen called the Patton Hotel. And I'll never forget, Mark, it was December 13th, 1998. I got off the plane at the Munich airport and this wonderful woman, whose name I'm forgetting, was uh, waiting for me there. She picked me up smoking a cigarette in the airport, which was shocking to me. And we got into her BMW, which was a couple of years older. And then she took off like a bat out of hell. And we got on the Autobahn. It was just like a thousand miles an hour. And I was like, I'm going to die. I mean, we were going super fast. It was crazy. And especially since I had just gotten off this airplane. And uh, was still kind of delirious. It was quite a culture shock. And then when we got to Garmisch Partenkirchen, I realized, wow, this is um, this is what I came for. It's a beautiful little town. It's right at the entrance to the Alps. We're on the border of Germany and Austria. The Zugspitz Mountain, the tallest mountain in Germany, is literally in our backyards. They had the 1936 Winter Olympics here during that time with the guy with the little mustache. Um, you're on two old trade routes, a Roman trade route, and even a road that predates the Romans, going back to the Celts. And you're 45 minutes away from everything. I'm 45 minutes away from Italy, 45 minutes away from Switzerland, and uh, 45 minutes away from Munich. So it's really pretty amazing here. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned Switzerland because the first thing that I thought of when I saw 
that video from the other day, I'm like, this is like the sound of music. This is, he's like right there. <laughs> well, it is basically the sound of music, which was filmed in Salzburg, is only about Salzburg, two and a half hours right. away. And it's uh, Salzburg is a beautiful town. And that whole area below Salzburg, which is called uh, Berchtesgadener Land, every year I lead a group to Berchtesgaden for Krampus, which is one of my favorite Christmas traditions. And um, yeah, it is just like my backyard, both Birch's Garden, Salzburg, where I live, Garmischpark and Kirchen, and Switzerland, all three have that beautiful kind of alpine look. And the video I think you're speaking of, Mark, that is actually, that's my backyard. It's um, wow. right there. It's, yeah, there's Holy a smokes. mountain in my backyard. There's a mountain in my backyard called the Heimgarten, which is uh, where my wife hikes once a week. And I was filming in this big field that's right at the base of the mountain where I walk my dog every day. So no wonder you didn't come back to the States because if that was my backyard, I don't think I'd come back either. It's stunning. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. There's a lot of reasons, a lot of things I love about living here and a lot of things that are challenging. The things that I love, yeah, the, the stunning views, the ability to be outdoors, to hike, to bike, to go water, uh, to go mountain excuse me let me start over to hike to bike to go skiing to go snowboarding to to kayaking to fly fishing i can do all of that literally you know within walking distance of my house and i love the fact as well having two children that there's no there's no crime here i mean the back door to my house which is right over there i don't think i've ever locked it to be honest i don't know how you just don't have to worry about that here so it's kind of nice all the bicycles are always in the driveway, nobody ever messes with them. And so there's that sense of safety for my children, which is always very comforting. That's really amazing. Like, wow, that just sounds like an amazing life, which is why I wanted to have you on this show. And one thing that I'm curious about, so did you come into this situation with any kind of real language background for German? Uh, none. Basically, when I first moved here, uh, when I was working for the American military, we lived on a military base. Um, it was originally an old World War II hospital belonging to the Nazis. Pretty crazy. And so it was an interesting place to live. Uh, but the gates were open when I first moved. And so anybody could come onto the base. So you had this beautiful kind of cultural exchange that was occurring. All that changed uh, about 2010, even before that, I believe. It's one of the bombings in Africa. I forget when that was. But they started putting gate guards up and separating the American military from the Germans. But when I first moved here, it was all pretty much kind of this one big happy kind of cultural exchange, family kind of thing going on, which is really amazing and very helpful because uh, German is not an easy language. And so the people that you begin to kind of co-mingle with, they would kind of take you by the hand and teach you the basics, like how to order a beer, how to um, ask for coffee in the morning, how to get a, it's called a donor kebab without onions, you know, that kind of stuff. And so the foundations came from friends that I met while living and working for the American military. When I left the American military, the first thing I did is I got a job working as a bar in downtown Garmisch. And that was really where I got the foundations of my German language skills. And so my wife says, I sound like a mentally challenged 12 year old. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went on to take a course when I opened my first business here in Germany so that I could learn the business language of German, which is quite challenging. And uh, yeah, so that was very helpful. Um, but still, um, I, would, I would say I can hold a conversation, but I definitely wouldn't say I'm fluent yet. I'm still working on it. <laughs> Well, hey, that's okay. I cut five years in German, and while I can read it well, I cannot hold a conversation. Like, basically, the only thing I remember are swear words, and I like to drink a cola, which is eat, drink, eye, a cola. And <laughs> that's which will do me well if I ever come to Germany because, well, I love cola. So, if nothing <laughs> else, I can get myself a cola. But there you go. Yeah, it's been, oh man, it's been over 20 years since I've used German regularly. So I can read it. I understand how to read it and could probably make heads or tails out of whatever I'm reading. But to hold a conversation, whew, no way to 
much the disappointment of my two German teachers, I I could not <laughs> <Sure>. do it. <laughs> yeah, I've um I've been here so long that I can yeah I can have a conversation and I can sit down with Germans and understand what's going on. But what you have to keep in mind though, Mark, is I don't speak German here. You know where we live in Bavaria, it's a very strong, powerful regional dialect. When you go to Martin Luther in the translation of the Gospels, uh, what was that, 1516? Yeah, basically that was one of the defining moments in the German language. His version of the Gospels, the first time that the Bible was translated into German, became the foundations for eventually which becomes known as Hochdeutsch, High German, which is what most of Germany speaks. But here in Bavaria, they never accepted Martin Luther's translation of the Bible. So they continued to speak in their very strong regional dialect. And up until 1871, Bavaria wasn't even part of Germany, as you would think of as Germany. Bavaria was its own country. It was its own duchy or country controlled by the Wittelsbach dynasty. And so still to this day, they're very proud of the way that they speak and how that they talk. And so an easy example that I always give to people is you go one through 10. Eins, zwei, drei, vier, fünf, sechs, sieben, acht, neun, ten. Around here, it's eine, zwei, drei, vier, fünf, six, sieben, acht, neun, ten. So it's just, it's very regional. It's got a little bit of a different flow to it. You know, you don't ask for a beer when you are a cola. You wouldn't ask for that. You'd be like, so that's how you would ask for your Coke here if you're interested. <laughs> okay, so the counting I could follow. When you just say about the cola, I'd be screwed. So I'd be like, cola. <laughs> Cola. <laughs> <laughs> I just ordered you a half liter of Coca-Cola. If that's what you're <laughs> I, that, I'm all over that. Yeah. So that, that's really interesting. So do you feel like you're fluent in that dialect? In Bavarian, I can hold my own. Now, fluent, it's funny because der die das, the German language, it always is going to catch me. You know, the because it'll screw up an entire sentence if you get the, the nomenclature wrong. So that always messes with me. Um, I still would think there's a lot more that I can learn. And my wife constantly reminds me of the fact that there's a lot more that I need to learn. So in her eyes, she says, I'm not fluent. In my eyes, I'm like, well, I can have a conversation. I can read the newspaper. I think I'm doing okay. <laughs> hey, you're a step up on me. And I had like five years of it. So, hey. Good for you. So, so let's talk a little bit about how Garmish and all things Garmish came about. How did that evolve for you? Well, when I got back, I was working in Italy uh, on a beach in a town called Bibioni. And I was doing seasonal work. So I'd work in Austria in the winters, um, on a, either in St. Anton or in Ischgl, which is right on the border between Austria and Switzerland. And I was basically bartending or waiting tables or being a boot monkey, whatever, you know, to kind of pay the bills. And then in the summer, I go work in Italy on the beach, which was heaven. And I did that for about, I think it was three seasons, three years. And I came back to Garmisch and I was looking for a job and I couldn't find one. I went to the bar, Peaches, that I used to work at. This beautiful girl was serving me. She eventually became my wife. And um, yeah, so I ended up going to Munich and I got a job working for a tour company there. And being a European history nerd, I could always spin a yarn and tell a story. And being theater minor, I could always kind of give it a little bit of animation. And so it was a natural fit. So I worked for them and then came back. I worked for the American military, kind of off and on, kind of doing tours as a contractor and working for what's called AFES as well. And I kind of met a couple of people that were in the tour business and we opened a, a service called Gap Services, which did tours and airport shuttles. And I loved it. I had a lot of fun. The problem was the, uh, the two people I had partnered with, we had some issues. So eventually I sold my interest. I signed a non-comp for one year. And during that time, I mountain biked, raced mountain bikes, traveled some more courted my wife until she eventually said yes and um yeah when my wife and i decided to get married i really had a passion for going back into this part of hospitality i wanted to be a tour guide i wanted to run tours and i was very blessed mark i was so lucky i um opened all things garmish two months later trip advisor was kind of coming into its own 
And three months after opening my business, I got a review on TripAdvisor. I was the first tour service in, I think, I know all of Germany, but most of Europe to be reviewed on TripAdvisor. Huge bonus right there. I started growing as TripAdvisor grew and I was very blessed in having great reviews. We still do, knock on wood. And so as that kind of began to grow, I kind of used that piggybacked off their search engine optimization to get my business up off the ground. Two years into All Things Garments doing private tours, I really like taking people on package vacations. And I don't like big groups. I like small families or two or three friends that come together, or even like six to eight friends, but I don't want a big tour bus with 45 people. So I was lucky that I could kind of specialize and focus on what I wanted to do. And I opened Bavarian Beer Vacations where we specialize in small group vacation packages. We go to the Oktoberfest for, uh, for this year, we're going for eight. Well, in 2022, we'll be going for uh, eight days and we'll be doing things like hot air balloons over the Alps and that kind of stuff. And then we have our next big event, which is this year in a couple of months. And that's going to be Krampus where we go to Salzburg. We see the evil demons as they wander through the streets, beating people with their whips. And then we go into Betjeskanalan to see the real deal enjoy the amazing Christmas markets, the salt mine tour, the schnapps factory tour. We got the Koenigsegg, beautiful lake. It's, it's a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of fun. Well, I love how you figured it out. You kind of like just stayed true to yourself for all these years and you just found yourself. You wound up in Europe. You wound up actually being able to not only use that part of your background, but then you're even implementing that theatrical background with these tours. And I think it's really cool how you were able to, while you didn't really know what your passion was or what direction you were going in, you stayed true to who you were and you figured out a way to implement that and stay true to yourself and, be within your essence and I think that's really cool because there's so many people that wind up becoming entrepreneurs or even if they're not an entrepreneur they wind up finding a career but it's not always you know that straight up you know it takes time for them to find what fits into their essence or what makes them them so I think that's really great Thank you, Mark. I, like I said, I've just been very blessed, um, very blessed to get some great reviews and very blessed to have a great team around me in both of all three of my adventures, um, all things Garmisch, Bavarian Beer Vacations. I have just a great staff of people who love to explore Europe and have the same passion that I do for it. And then Deary Dari, I've just been very blessed in having Anthony who has built websites for people like Expedia. And then to have Jonathan who oversees six restaurants to handle all of our chefs. And Laura who does an amazing job running all of our logistics and making sure that all the food's there. So hey, if you want the secret to it, the secret sauce, so to speak, it's surround yourself with people that are smarter than you, but share the same vision. Well, I, I definitely think you should always surround yourself with people who are smarter than you because only good results can come from that. And one thing I'm curious about, in addition to that, is how do you build a company like this up? Like, how did you learn how to price? How, when did you know it was time to surround yourself with a staff how did you go about building everything up? Well, you got to do your time in the trenches, especially in the travel business. And the first thing you have to do, and there's a lot of tour guides who want to go and kind of make their mark and break out on their own. And a lot of them come to me for advice. And so I'll give you the same advice, Mark, that I give them. In today's current world, the first thing you got to do is make sure you have great insurance, make sure you have all your licensing that you need. And that's just simply going to your local travel bureau and asking them, you know, Hey, fill me in. What do I have to do? And then make sure you have really good insurance. Um, we're insured up to 6 million euros per customer. So it's like, you make sure you take care of all your crush your T's and dot all your eyes on that proponent. 
And then the next thing is today's travel, the world of travel is once again changing. When I first was coming up, it was all about the travel agency. Everybody went to a travel agency and they went and the travel agent would then put together this great package for them and they would go on their vacation. Well, TripAdvisor killed the travel agent. People started thinking they could book their own vacations, which they can. Websites are very intuitive today. You go to Delta, get your plane ticket. And from Delta, you can then make your way to uh, booking.com to get your hotel. And then you can go to Viatar and get your tour guide. So it became a process now where the internet changed it. You see now, especially with COVID, some people are kind of going back to the comfort of a travel agent. But what a lot of people are doing is using some of the new extended services that these OTAs are putting together. So an online travel agency, that's your next big step. If you wanna be a tour guide, you have to make relationships with these online travel agencies. Viatar being a huge one, because that one's owned by TripAdvisor. Tours by Local, which is a great one. Those guys do an amazing job and they take very good care of their tour guides. And then you wanna to go to something like Expedia, see if you can get listed on their platform, get your guide. Even Airbnb has their own tour services now. So you wanna be able to get your name out there, make sure that your brand is getting good recognition and get great reviews. And if you can do all of that, then you'll start to see a little traction and things will start to move your way. And always, 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 stay friends with everybody that you're going to be working with or competing against. The worst thing you can do is try and break out on your own and not seek the aid and help of others, because that's where your pricing comes in mark because you're not going to know what everybody else is pricing. You don't know how their system works and they're going to be willing to give that information up to you as long as you work with them and they work with you. But if you're going to be snooty about it, you're going to be completely alone. They always tell you in entrepreneurship that it's hard, if not impossible, to build yourself up without having some mentors and without having mm -hmm. some kind of a network. And I think everything you just said there reflects that theory. Oh, very true. I, I have learned in all of my businesses to, in every one of my businesses, to listen to the advice given by anyone. Even if it doesn't make sense to you at the time, keep it in the back of your mind, it might come back and kind of catch up to you later. And as far as mentors, yeah, I've got some great ones. I've been very blessed to have some amazing tour guides live and work in this area. Paul Dutro just comes to mind off the top of my head, a mentor who I still, I called upon him a couple of weeks ago, just asked him a couple of questions. And then when I broke out and started doing Deary Dari, I knew I needed a mentor that was in the startup world. I knew when we were starting to look for angel investors that I was going to need somebody who knew that world. And so I looked around and I found Stephen Kuhn, who's an amazing guy, who's done a great job of keeping us from going bankrupt these past <laughs> two years and keeping this business alive and doing well. And the thing is, what I've also found is you can't be, you'd be surprised who is going to give you the best advice. So always listen. And then when people ask you for advice, give it freely. That's always my, been my belief and help them to the best of your ability. So in the era of COVID and you having such a social kind of business, how did you manage to keep everything afloat? during that time? Well, I don't know if I told you the whole story. I was in South Africa uh, at a wedding and my wife and I came back. That was February of 2020. By the end of February, the beginning of March, um, the writing was on the wall. By mid-March, we had given back $270,000 in confirmed bookings and deposits. Wow. Gone. And I had to very quickly decide what I was going to do because you have to understand this machine that we have built, it's got a lot of moving parts and all those parts need to be oiled, so to speak, with money. <laughs> so first thing I did is I called my staff together, everybody that I had working for Bavarian Beer Vacations and All Things Garmish. We had a, a lot of tears and a lot of beers and we started thinking about what we were going to do. And all of us agreed that there wasn't going to be a future in travel for a while. And I took the, once again, you never know where you're going to find a good piece of advice. So I took the advice from my team, because as I told you earlier, surround yourself with smarter people than you. And I uh, went to the insurance guys. I went to the car guys that we have our vehicles with. We had to 
basically take everything off the books, so to speak, and we mothballed it. And I did it in a month, one month. I took everything that was all things garmish, everything that was Bavarian beer vacations, put it in a cold storage. Basically, I had to let go of my entire team. I had to uh, de-insure the vehicles, take away the taxi licenses that we need here to drive everybody around, de-insure the business itself. Went to the what's called the Arbeitsamt here in Germany and told them I'm taking it, you know, off the books. And we didn't put it back on the books, Mark, until four weeks ago. So wow. four weeks ago, we just we just started. And we I haven't done everything yet. I've only got one vehicle registered. I'm not gonna test the waters too much yet. And we just kind of started re-registering ourselves with Fair Harbor and tours by locals and Viatar and all that kind of stuff to see what's gonna happen at the end of the summer. So what did you do in the meantime with everything shut down? Well, I focused on Deary Dari, which has become my new baby. This ability to teach people how to cook in their own kitchen, I think is, it's been such a fun project. And, you know, good news, bad news, COVID, it, it was, it was a hardship, but at the same time, though, it allowed me this freedom to go out and create this wonderful platform and to have found such great people to build it with me you know awesome so you may have mentioned it earlier so were you just sitting around and you were like you know what i want to go back to some of those culinary roots and i want (laughs) to do something with that like how did this all evolve i um after i had pretty much mothballed my two travel businesses i was on the couch watching tv my wife came in the living room. She's like, you got to get out. And she's like, go take a shower for the first time in two weeks, get out. And so even though we were in a full lockdown here in Germany, I was able to call a couple of friends together and we all met at one of my friend's restaurants. And that restaurant is one of the most famous in Bavaria. It's called the Schrande. It's amazing food. If you ever come to Garmisch Partenkirchen, you got to eat there. But Come find me and I'll take you so I can tell you all the history of the place. I mean, oh. some very, very interesting people have had food there and have had their story told there. So it's really if, cool. If I ever come and, to Germany, you're one of the first people I'm looking <laughs> for. Continue. Cool, Mark. I will gladly take you around. And so we were um, all sitting there lamenting our woes and drinking beer. And Philip, who is the manager of the Shrani, started talking about how he had to let go of all of his staff. Now, while all this was going on, course i'm reaching to otas online travel agencies to see what their plan is what are they doing to cope with all of this and the big answer i kept getting back from people like airbnb and tours by local was they were going to move into virtual tourism and i thought that's not going to work i mean that's a youtube video if i want to see new schwanstein i'll go and watch it on youtube or i'll go see the castle you see i'm very tactile and so it's like to do it on the guide over a screen. I don't think that's going to work, but it was stuck in the back of my mind. And so I was talking to Philip and I thought, you know, well, what about cooking shows? And so that started to kind of develop. And then one day I was walking my dog on that trail that you saw from that video. And I started putting all the pieces together. Basically I wanted to do an interactive cooking experience where people can learn how to cook, but they can invite friends and family into a virtual kitchen. So there's not just them, they can all come together with a chef, laugh, learn, have fun, mess up. And then I thought if we're going to do it, let's bring some form of of connection and let's do that through the ingredients. Let's have the ingredients that everybody needs for this shipped to their home. So that basically when the chef shows up, he's like, okay, good. Laura sent you everything you need. Let me see it real quick. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yep, she got that right. Excellent. Okay, wait a minute. Maybe if you have a different onion. Okay, yeah, let's work with this. And then you have this connection. You get the ability to learn how to make some great food. And then when the chef signs off, you can hang out with your friends and family for a little bit longer. So it kind of just came together. And then once I had all the pieces in my mind, I started drawing people around me that I knew could help. And I started with Philip. And so Philip and I started testing it in his restaurant to see how it would work doing a schnitzelabend. It was fun, schnitzel night. And then I brought in Jonathan. I brought in uh, Anthony Bandolin. And uh, the three of us started kind of nailing down how we wanted to put this together. And then luckily, we just kept surrounding ourselves with more, more great people. So Joshua Northcott and Laura and Kayla. So we've been really blessed. 
wow, you are like the true definition of entrepreneurial. I mean, <laughs> you did not let COVID stop you from just continuing on with your life and just supporting your own interests, which I think is really incredible. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> so what is next for you and all the things that you've been doing? Because now that the world is opening up, you've got all new awesome business in addition to all things Garmish and Bavarian Tours. How have, have you thought about how you're going to make all this work? <laughs> well, Deary Dari, um, being that it's an online platform, um, and Anthony Bandolin being such a genius, it's pretty self-sufficient. We only really need a staff of about eight to kind of get it to do what we want it to do. And so running that as a CEO, it's just a matter of keeping the finances in order and keeping the team moving in the right direction. Make sure that boat is going in the right direction. And um, we use a, a system called the EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, to kind of keep the business running very smoothly on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's good. With that in mind, with our new funding that's coming in, it's going to require a little more hands-on activity. I have two great partners. That's great. So like I said, I just got back from the States. I was talking to some PR firms, talking to a marketing firm, trying to see what direction we want to go as far as advertising with our new funds that we got from our angel. Okay. So that I can kind of do here. And then from time to time, go to the States to kind of, you know, for PR events, whatever. And then we want to bring it to Germany very quickly. So that's going to be here in Germany quickly. We've already got the logistics lined up. So Jonathan, um, who is the COO, he's going to the States. He's moving back there in the next month. So he'll run everything in the United States. Anthony and I live here in Germany. We're both expats living in Germany. So we'll kind of run the section over here. Now, all things Garmisch and Bavarian beer vacations. Yeah, we're going to keep those around. They're so much fun. And I love being a tour guide. I just adore it. So I'll run my tours, just private tours and small groups. Like I said, I don't like to go over seven people for my tours to New Schwanstein Castle where I get advanced entry and all that kind of stuff. So you get to have a very unique, luxurious experience whenever you come with us because it's basically just me, you. We go around all the lines. We don't have to mess with any of that stuff. And I, I like to tell stories. So it makes it a lot of fun. And then Bavarian Beer Vacations, yes. We're going to keep Bavarian Beer Vacations so we can do our vacation packages to Krampus, to, to our ski trips where we go ski in three countries on one ski trip. So much fun. Wow. Three-country ski tour. Oh, yeah. We go to Austria, Italy, and Germany. And then we're going to keep, of course, Oktoberfest, I thought, uh, Krampus, Oktoberfest. And then we'll do the Spring Festival with the largest flea market in Southern Europe. Now, the only thing I'm not going to do, um, Mark, which is the one that made us the most money, was we used to run day trips into the Oktoberfest where we bring groups of three to 400 people into the Oktoberfest almost daily. Uh, it was just too much stress. And so I've kind of, I'm probably going to not do that. I'll do it for some, you know, VIP customers. I'll take them in on a day trip, but that's about it. So that has got to go. That's going to be the thing that if I'm going to keep Deary Dari afloat and keep the other two businesses afloat, I can't do the Oktoberfest prep for 300 people a day going into the fest staff of 14, you know, it's just, I don't have the time and energy. So speaking of time and energy, what's next for you? Are you thinking about expanding into something else? Do you have anything, any other entrepreneurial <laughs> ideas going on or are your hands full <laughs> as is? Well, right now, Deary Dari, we're about to expand into a project that I'm really excited about. And it's, um, it's a little bit on the hush-hush, but I'll give you a little, a little intro. Shh, don't tell anybody. Don't tell your I, listeners, Mark. Don't I won't say a word. <laughs> but we are partnering with CSA box delivery companies so that when you get your box of goodies delivered with all the fruits and vegetables from your local community uh, farm, if you don't know exactly what to cook with them. What we're going to do is inside that CSA box will be a flyer with a QR code. You scan the code. There's a live chef right there. And he's going to unbox that CSA box with you and give you, of course, suggestions, ideas, and recipes for what you have inside. So that's our next big project with Diri Dari. And we are super excited about that because that's going to eventually bring us into 
of course, the pre-made meal kits like you were talking about earlier. So That's like pretty innovative. I've never heard of anything like that before. Well, thank you. But don't tell your listeners. We haven't finished the whole project yet. We don't want the secret to get out. <laughs> like I said. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say I won't say a word. <laughs> but yeah, we're uh, we're finishing that up as we speak, and we've already started our beta with a CSA company in uh, Illinois. So really, it's, it's 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 a lot of fun. That's that's so awesome, and I think everything you're doing there just sounds like a blast, and it's so beautiful there. Again, I don't blame you one bit for staying there. Just based on the footage I've seen of where you're at. So just really amazing. And I was wondering if now you could go back. I think I may have talked a little bit about it, but maybe go back again and talk about all the ways that people can get in contact and maybe get a tour and all the other things, you know, they can how they can follow you. I'll give you the mic. Well, thank you, Mark. If anybody's looking for me, I'm pretty easy to find. You can go to any three of our any of our three websites, um, allthingsgarmish.com, bavarianbeervacations.com, or Deary Dari, D-E-R-I-D-A-R-I.com. And if you hit that button that says contact us, I'm one of the first people who reads all of those emails. So if you're looking for me direct, all you do is put my name, Jake. And of course, I will write you back as soon as humanly possible. If you're looking for a tour, I always tell clients this. You can always book any of my tours on Viatar, Expedia, um, Get Your Guide, uh, Tours by Locals. But it's always a little bit to your advantage to book direct. So if you'll go straight to All Things Garmish, my website, You'll see my active calendar with what dates we have available. And it's just me. I don't have any other tour guides right now. So if you want a tour, it's going to be from me. And just find that date that's available and works with your schedule and your time here in Europe. And we'll go and see something really cool. Anything from New Schwanstein Castle to German chocolate to Bavarian Brewery to Innsbruck to Salzburg or even Munich. So just let me know. And then if you want to come on one of our great trips, our next big one is Krampus, baby. If you want to come, I call it vacationing with fear, Mark, because they really do beat you with these whips. It's, it's, it can be very painful. So you got to be prepared at it, but it's so much fun. It's so exciting. You'll be in these little streets in Birch's Garden. You'll hear these big bells on the gongles, this type of crumpus that comes running through the streets and everybody starts taking off and hiding inside the bars and restaurants. You know why? Because they have these big whips that they beat you with. So a lot of oh fun. We get to meet a lot of the Krampus. We take you into a couple of Krampus layers so you can have some photos with them and talk to them. But there's some rules. So make sure you don't break them. But it's a lot of fun. And then we'll go to Salzburg, one of my favorite cities. Dates back to the 7th century. St. Rupert, controlled by the Catholic Church until Napoleon. Just an amazing town. And then the third way to get in touch with me, of course, is Deary Dari. So if you're looking to learn how to make anything from that deconstructed chicken pot pie that I spoke of earlier to strawberry shortcake, and you're looking for a unique way to do it, well, come on over to Deary Dari and you can find whichever chef, whatever type of chef that you're looking for. You can book them direct, you can talk to them direct, and then using our platform, you can have a live interactive cooking experience. And if you want, we can give you whatever ingredients, some, all or none, delivered to your door before your live show. So yeah, that's how to find me. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. And thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here on Saturday. I know it's not the most ideal day, I guess, but uh, I, I had a blast talking to you and hearing your story and just amazing how you've built up so many businesses and they're doing so well and just if I ever come to Germany I have a good friend who lives over there who uh, was an exchange student during our senior year that I've always wanted to see again and I know I have some relatives over there but you would definitely be on my list of people, I would definitely take you up on a tour. You really seem 
together your stuff and you have just such a tremendous amount of passion. So this this is not this episode is not the last hopefully that you'll have heard from me. I hope to get over there someday and take part in your services and I think that Anytime, would be so Mark. cool. Anytime. Also, for everyone, including your clients and your customers, I'm sorry, your listeners, anytime somebody emails me, I love just trying to fill in the blanks. Everybody has questions when they're coming over to Europe as to what they can do here. Can they drink the water? What's the best place to stay for a hotel? And if it involves Bavaria in this area, just shoot me an email. And if I have time, I'll try and fill in some of those blanks. No problem. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Jake Dog. Daughter T. I don't know why your last name is so hard for me. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to fill in all the blanks. And I think the wisdom that you brought coming from a travel type of industry, entrepreneurial, was really great to hear. And I thank you again for your time. Again, founder of Gary Dari. Did I get that right? Correct. Gary Dari. Gary Great Gary. story behind that too, if you want to know. Founder, <laughs> founder of Gary Gari and the owner of All Things Garmish, business owner, BavarianBeerVacations.com. This is Jake. And for me, I'm Mark Schmidt. This is Mark by Words. You can find me on Instagram at Mark by Words 6. I also have remained old school. You can find me at Nimrod79 on Instagram, very old account, but I post a lot about this podcast. I'm also on Twitter, Nimrod1979, still staying old school with that. And you can always find me on LinkedIn. I'm always posting polls and posts about what's going on in my journey and I invite you to come find me. That course is Mark Schmidt, M-A-R-C. And come find me. Let's build a community and let's talk entrepreneurship and career transition. Let's talk about life, much like we did today with Jake. And that for me is it for this episode. So thank you for listening. This again, Jake Garkey which I am not getting right. I'm so sorry. I'm butchering you. you right. <laughs> I am Mark Schmidt. I'll be back soon with another great entrepreneurial guest. Have a great day and I'll be back soon. Bye.